comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. So, John, apparently 5 gigahertz are better than 2.5 gigahertz. Explain that to me in, in, in layman's terms. Well, apparently uh, that's what's been wrong with my internet is uh, the wireless thingy that I have pointing out the end. The radio, as it were, was at 2.5 gigahertz, and I've got a lot of crazy oil field, roughneck cattle people out here in the boonies uh, interfering with my internets. Uh, so they changed me over to 5 gigahertz, which is a higher frequency and repointed things, and um, I'm finally back in business after almost two weeks with no internet. Wow. Yes, sounding good. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, so the speed's good. Um, so that explains why this is It's All Connected, episode 33, instead of It's All Connected, episode 32. What happened to that mysterious episode 32? <laughs> it, uh... It it got caught halfway in the ether. Um, so the, the episode is recorded. It's ready to roll. Uh, just with all my internet nonsense, I couldn't upload the file uh, to post it. So now that I'm back in business, of course, it was right before the big season premiere. So we are out of order, um, but we will be back on track next week. So in between this week and next week, you will get a special treat. Um, and here, Ken Morgan, uh, Frank A. Rincon, and I do our movie commentary on Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which was a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. And, uh, you know, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back here for season two, it's just a reminder how that movie really changed the direction of the television show. Um, I'm sure it was mostly planned that way, but I think it had some effects that maybe weren't planned as well for the better, I would say, after watching this premiere. Yeah, and it's funny because at the beginning of season one, I think we saw more Iron Man influence and connections than we did, uh, you know, Captain America connections and influence. And now it seems the other way. I mean, between obviously the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the, the rise of Hydra and the bit we got at the beginning of this episode and just all of the Hydra, 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 uh, you know, stuff going on. Uh, obviously Captain America has had a huge influence, both the first Avenger and the Winter Soldier on this show moving forward. Yeah. And it really gave the show an identity. You know, I, I think the first half of the first season was a lot of like freak of the week type stuff and the yeah. show, you know, and yeah, they mentioned Iron Man and Tony Stark and yeah, they had a clean up from what happened after New York and, that was the really the extent of the tie-ins, but now that they know what the show is, like this is S.H.I.E.L.D. repairing itself after the events of uh, The Winter Soldier, you know, now it can really take off. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we talk, uh, there's not a whole lot of news this week to talk about. Uh, it just seems like with the ramp-up of 
uh, of the season two starting of Agents of Shield. You know, we've kind of got a lot of information about Agent Carter. Um, it it sounds like uh, Doctor Strange is mere moments away from some sort of announcement. Uh, things sound like they're getting really close. Uh, we had some traction on Joaquin Phoenix maybe being Doctor Strange at first, and they've I haven't heard much about that at all in the last couple weeks, but it sounds like they're just ramping up on, on everything. Yeah, it sounded like it was a sort of a goal line negotiations deal. Um, we haven't gotten the official word on Joaquin Phoenix, but we also have not gotten a word on anybody else. So I'm thinking they're just dotting I's and crossing T's and deciding how big the money truck will be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that should be sewn up, I think, pretty pretty soon. Yep, yep. Um, there's a little bit of, I guess I don't want to get into it. I guess maybe we'll say that to the spoiler discussion. There, there was some casting news with an announcement on a particular character that maybe we should save to the end. Um, but we did get a notice that Shea Wiggum from most people might know him from uh, Boardwalk Empire is going to be playing SSR Chief Roger Dooley in uh, Agent Marvel's Agent Carter. So it looks like we've got a head, the head of this SSR organization already cast uh, along with uh, Chad Michael Murray and Enver Gojek, who Enver Gojek was on Dollhouse. He played, I forget which, uh, which doll it was. Um, Oh, so, dollhouse. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so he'll definitely be involved in, in that show. Um, but other than that, not, again, not a whole lot of news. We haven't really heard much more about the Daredevil thing other than what we've talked about in the past. Uh, other, you know, I think after New York Comic Con in a few weeks here, we'll know quite a bit more. So uh, probably not for season for episode two, but for episode three when we talk about... Uh, Agents of Shield in a couple of weeks we'll probably have some Daredevil news. So, yeah, I would think that's going to be a big time dump of info at New York Comic Con, especially since there's no movie on the schedule. You know, the Marvel presentation is pretty much Daredevil and uh, you know, the TV and and uh animated stuff. Yeah, which is really funny because and we talked about this before, but uh, Avengers Age of Ultron comes out in May. Uh, we were at New York Comic Con in 2011, and it was a huge Avengers push. I mean, we got to see the first actual real, uh, you know, footage from the movie. The cast was there. It was a really big deal. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised that we're not going to get that this time. The only thing I could think is maybe they're doing reshoots now uh, because we know, you know, the Marvel method of movie making these days is uh, a you know big push on the on the filming on the front end on the production side. Uh, then they kind of go back and look at it, mull it over a bit, and then they have kind of a planned reshoot session. So I don't know if because we're getting close to the end of the year and they had a bigger... It seems like they had they started earlier with the f the first Avengers movie, that maybe they're just into reshoots or something and they just don't can't corral everybody up. Right. How about the ratings for, uh, for this season two premiere? So... For me, it, not a real surprise. Uh, you know, about what we expected, or at least what I expected. Um, we didn't get the marketing blitz for Season 2 like we did for Season 1. Um, so Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a 2.1 in the key 18-49 to 49 demographic, uh, which translates to about 6 million uh, uh, total uh, total viewers. 
Um, compare for for the, for its time slot, it was only second to CSI New Orleans, which had a two point five, uh, which I thought maybe was a little disappointing. Um, CSI is a very very popular franchise. New Orleans is the newest show, so it kind of made its series premiere uh, on uh, at that nine o'clock hour uh, on Tuesday. Um, NCIS did a two point nine, and again that was a season premiere. Uh, of that of that episode but again it's it's the reality stuff that seems to be ruling the roost of television uh with the voice bringing in a 4.1 um the only real drama um or new uh, so there are two dramas that beat it out for the for the night as a whole uh the 10 p.m chicago fire uh drew a 2.6 and then like we talked about uh ncis new orleans at 2.5 and then ncis at 2.9 so uh, agents of shield at 2.1 so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how things go. If it could just kind of maintain this, or if we might see a little bit of uptick or a little bit of downtick. Uh, my guess at this point, for the most part, it's probably found whatever audience it's going to find. We may see a little bit of fluctuation uh, if they do some stunt casting or uh, have a big push or do something that has everybody talking. Maybe we'll get a little bit of an uptick. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the numbers progress as the season goes on. Yeah, I was hoping that it would start a little bit higher only because nine times out of ten, you lose a little bit, you know, as the season wears on. Um, so this started out just about where it ended last season, maybe a little bit higher. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that it holds, but you usually have to prepare for a little bit of a downslide. Yeah, the, the one thing that might help it is I don't think we're going to see the you know the large breaks like we did last season. I mean, there are going to be breaks, obviously, but we're not going to go uh, two, three, four weeks uh, without any kind of Marvel programming in that in that nine o'clock slot on Tuesday. So, so that'll be good to keep an eye on moving forward. But yeah, not not terrible, but not great. I mean, I think we're all hoping for a little bit better. One of the things I wonder that may have had an impact on it is. Uh, like most of the ABC shows, it seems like they all pop up on Netflix before the season, the next season's premiere. Um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one hasn't been on Netflix. It didn't go to Netflix before the season two premiere. So I wonder if there are some people out there that heard all the good buzz about what happened to the show after Captain America, the Winter Soldier and how that tied into everything. They're hoping to catch up on Netflix like, you know, they do for a lot of shows and then be fresh for season two. And when it didn't show up, maybe they were just kind of left out with, you know, without any real way to catch up. So right, it'll be interesting to see if maybe if it pops up on Netflix or, um, you know, if they make some sort of allotment or adjustment for that. And the word of mouth should be really strong coming off of uh, of this episode. You know, the premiere uh, had really yeah. strong ratings and good buzz around the internet. So maybe we'll maybe we'll catch another bump. Maybe some people that. You know, forgot about it in the middle of last season. We'll give it another shot. Hopefully so. Um. So I guess that's it. That's that's it for news and ratings and and such. So uh, I guess we'll just talk about episode one of season two, Shadows. Shadows. Who's your favorite new member of Sh the Agents of Shield? Is it Ward's beard? Um. Talbot's mustache or Sky's bangs? I gotta go with Sky's bangs. You're dead to me. 
There's just something about it. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> we had a load of fun. Um, we'll pull back the curtain for our listeners, but we won't do it on Twitter ever. But um, we have an account at Talbot's Mustache, <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun live tweeting, even though it was a bit distracting. But uh, it was funny because I'm tweeting from Talbot's Mustache, which is funny even to just say now. And all of the talk is Sky's Banks. <laughs> and it's driving me nuts as it's happening. And then, of course, a Sky's Bangs account came out of nowhere. You know, what does it take to start a Twitter account? 11 seconds and an email? Yep. Um, and then shortly after that, the rage was Ward's beard. <laughs> and we know, uh, you know, that Brett Dalton's a pretty popular guy on the social media and stuff. So, uh, But it was fun. It was a good time. So follow Talbot's mustache and join the Twitter war against Sky's Banks. <laughs> but seriously, I my favorite is uh Hunter. Is it it's not Nick Hunter. It's what is it? Lance? No, not Lance. It's That's Lance. Like a wrestler. Is it Lance? Yes. That's a great pro wrestler name, Lance Hunter. Yes, it's Lance Hunter. I think he's my new favorite. I think uh, he. I really liked his demeanor and his line delivery and uh, his little accent and everything. Like I thought he he fit in really well. I I he was pretty entertaining to me. I I'd have to go. I think I have to go with the obvious choice. But uh, Izzy Hartley. I mean, anybody who is willing to cut off their own arm for the for the cause uh, and to save their own ass. Uh, that uh, you you get up there in my book. Yeah, Lucy Lawless definitely brings it too. I mean, she's certainly a uh, no uh, no noob when it comes to sci-fi and action. So no, she has a good idea of what she's doing. The huge mechanic, it's Mac, I believe. Yes. Uh, the fr- he's just I don't know how big he is or how small the other actors are, <laughs> but he like towers over everybody and. My first thought was, that's freaking Luke Cage. Why <laughs> Why are they wasting this guy on, you know, and I hope he becomes a bigger character in as the episodes go on in the season. But, uh, you know, in this first premiere, he had a little bit of a bit part. He had a few lines, you know, he wasn't on screen much. But that's Luke Cage to me, man. He's He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that they're kind of increasing the ensemble. I mean, we've, you know, we've got, you know, kind of this new core member or, you know, core people or core team, I should say, that have come into the fold. Uh, of course, we've got uh, Patton Oswalt in his multiple uh, renditions uh, coming in. So I like the fact that it's a little it feels more ragtag. It feels more, uh, you know, like they are, you know, that they're out on their own, that they're doing their own thing, that this isn't squeaky clean nice organized everybody wearing a suit and tie uh you know following protocol have you know really cool stuff uh you know right off the bat we you know we find out that they're they're looking to make a deal with the devil or whoever they need to to buy tech and equipment and armor and weapons and you know whatever else it is they need right and speaking of Patton Oswalt uh even Triplet has now noticed that yes he keeps talking about all these brothers and they're exactly the same yeah so He's... i can't wait for the eventual lmd reveal and maybe it has like to be a room of cgi canings yes you know with lanyards 
Yeah, it has to be. I mean, there's no way they could they could do, and it, it just uh, it's just kind of funny to uh, to think that they'll they'll go that right. Like you said, where at one point you know one of the tags is they're going to open a door and there's going to be like fifty of them inside yeah. a room or a warehouse or something like that. Um, and BJ Britt delivers some great lines. Yes, um, triplet. You know, he he became a favorite quickly last season, and it looks like his role is going to be expanded as well. But the whole thing with the suit when they dressed him up like a general, you know, I look good. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just funny. He's very good. When it's funny too, because it's general. We'll get to um, you. Know, we'll do as we do with this with this show. We just kind of talk about stuff as it comes up. But uh, General Jones. So he was. He said he was the grandson of a Howling Commando. And so we know that uh, that Derek Luke in Captain America, the first Avenger played Gabe Jones. And so he presented himself as General Jones um, and had the uniform with the name badge and everything. So I wonder if uh, if, again, that solidifies who uh, who triplet what is what his lineage is. Right. The one thing about this episode, like right off the bat, I had the biggest smile on my face. I mean, you know how much I love. Captain America, the first Avenger, and just a, a World War II buff I am in general. So when this thing started out in 1945, and we get, uh, you know, we get the, co- you know, Agent Agent Carter and the Commandos, I mean, I was just, like, giddy, uh, because that was just, just fantastic to see, um, you know, Kenneth Choi, and to see uh, Neil McDonough coming back as Jim Morita and Dum Dum Dugan, along with Agent Carter, was, was really, really cool. I mean, and just everything, it, it looked like everything looked in Captain America. I mean, the Hydra agents had the crazy, you know, black costumes with the helmets and the, you know, the, the it looked authentic. The, um, you know, as, as we saw the, the Kraken, um, Reed Diamond's character, Daniel Whitehall, you know, dressed up in the, uh, in the Hydra getup, just like we saw in Captain America. I mean, it was just really cool to just kind of see that throwback uh, to all that. Yeah. And very Indiana Jones to me. Yes. The, uh, you know, all the artifacts and the crates and, 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 you know, we get to look at the warehouse later on in modern time. And I, I thought of Indiana Jones like a few times during this episode. Yeah. And it's funny because they even mentioned, you know, they're digging, you know, of all the stuff that was dug up, you know, which obviously there was that, that bit in the first Captain America about the Fuhrer digging in the, the desert. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is as good a time as any, and and it was something that I caught. I don't know how in between tweeting from Talbot's mustache, and I assumed everybody saw it, and I just wasn't sure because I wasn't paying attention. But apparently, it was. And what when I rewatched today, it was a really quick second. There's a crate that Dum Dum is standing next to, and um. The best I can do is coffin sized. You know, it's it's yes. narrow and long. It could fit a person, which kind of gives away where we're going. But it was like coffin sized. And um Agent Carter's coming towards him and he's like he makes a he says a line like, Look at all what should we do with this weird stuff? And he lifts up the crate lid for a second and immediately Agent Carter like closes the lid and, and you know, reprimands him. We don't have time to whatever she says, the messing around, whatever. But Clearly, in the crate is the blue skin of the alien that we saw last season. And if you freeze it, 
which I managed to do, and it's on our Facebook page if you want to take a look. Clearly, one of the symbols from the strange symbol board is on the figure's arm or leg or whatever we're looking at. Yes. So it was really quick, but apparently they've had this alien in their, uh, you know, in their possession because I'm assuming it's that half, you know, the half body dead blue alien that we see in modern times later on. They've had him since 1945. Yeah, which is really cool to see how far back this stuff goes. And and it's funny because then, of course, we find that, uh, you know, we've always heard of everything as a, as a 084. You know, every kind of weird object or unexplained thing is a 084. Uh, and then we we come to learn the origin of that, which I thought was awesome that it just that just happened to be the number assigned to that crazy artifact that um, a little bit of foreshadowing. But we see. Uh, you know, we see a couple Hydra soldiers that are just sitting there, um, just charred black, dead. And, you know, that they, they even pick the, the instrument up with tongs and put it in its own little crate. And they even have that cool, uh, you know, gadget where it seals itself. Uh, it basically welds itself shut when they when they close the, cur- close the thing. And then, you know, they just roll paint on with stencil 084. So it just happened to be that the you know probably the craziest thing artifact wise they found just happened to be number 084 so it wasn't there's nothing magical about the 084 other than the fact that that was the 84th thing that they labeled right uh, when they pulled all that crazy stuff out of the the hydro facilities and it it's interesting too because it looks you know they even make a point the the hydro soldiers even make a point uh the kraken makes a point of saying you know, most of this stuff is ancient, it's old, this is something new and modern. Like, this isn't something that's, you know, uh, it, it, it looks brand new. And it, obviously it's this metal shiny object that, at this point, where I don't think we even know what it is or what it does or what it's for. No, and I think he references the Red Skull saying that... Oh yeah, many times. That, uh, right, but uh, in particular in this point, um, I think he says the Red Skull says it could be the key to death itself or something right. like that. Right. Which, again, when you start tying into the larger Marvel, Marvel Universe and you start thinking about Thanos and his infatuation with death, uh, so it's another artifact that, uh, that might connect itself that way, which I thought was interesting. And I guess Reed Diamond's character, who exists both in 1945 and in the present, as we find out at the very end, he's, I guess, going to be like this season's big bad. He's the the leader of of what's left of Hydra, I I guess probably working with or for uh, Baron Von Strucker, who we saw at the tag at the end of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, who has a a definite tie to Avengers Age of Ultron. So it'll be interesting to see how those two tie together or how this ties into Avengers Age of Ultron. Right. So that was like our pre, our our, uh, cold open, as it were. But I, I just thought that was really awesome. And I mean, again, knowing that Agent Carter is coming. Uh, I, j- I just thought it was a really cool way to open open the episode. And uh, they it so it looks like the playground was it, it was an SSR facility. I mean, if you look around, the SSR logo is everywhere. I mean, especially when Sky goes down into that basement holding facility thing, uh, the SSR logos on that big steel door or whatever. And Coulson obviously. Because it was an SSR facility, it seems like there's a lot of SSR documentation there. And apparently, while, when Coulson's actually 
at the playground, he's spending a lot of his time reading through stuff and, and doing his history on uh, on the SSR. Yeah, I guess it's that, that other bird logo that we see like spray-painted yeah. on some walls and, and things, which is cool to think like, you know, over the years or when they changed over to S.H.I.E.L.D., it sort of evolved into a different bird. Right. And it was interesting, too, that the SSR was like a secret organization. I mean, obviously, it was meant to be like a, a spy or counter, you know, counter spy organization, uh, you know, back in the day. But, you know, even May was like, oh, I've never heard of the SSR. And Coulson's like, yeah, it was in, you know, Fury's files. And it was, you know, the kind of the secret thing back during the war. Uh, so it's not one of those things that's kind of widely known, which which I don't think we either knew or didn't know at this point. Right. And in the meantime, it's all nice set up and background for uh for Agent Carter, giving yeah. everybody an idea what that show is going to be about. We find too that the 084, the original 084, I guess what makes it special and why they probably called it an 084 is it was the only artifact they found that had a level 10 clearance. So obviously whatever this is is something only Fury knew about or only the the director I I should say. I'm I'm assuming that uh, Fury's not the first director of of Shield as a formal organization, and whoever his predecessor or predecessors were, uh, were the only level ten uh, operatives or agents to have have clearance to this thing. I mean, I guess it's as good a time as any. Um, you know, when that thing takes hold and starts to, you know, suck the life out of uh, out of Agent Hartley. You know, it, it starts to glow or even like change shape and create those symbols that we've seen on that giant board that Sky is laying on at one point and doing all her studying, trying to figure out what it's all about. Uh, they clearly show up on the artifact. I'm really curious about what that thing is. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming it's related to what we're assuming at this point is a Cree. Uh, and and that it's some sort of artifact related to that. I guess that's going to kind of be the big uh, unexplained question. One of the big unexplained questions this season is what is that thing? Um, and it would be interesting to see if that ties into, I guess they found it and created it up, so it probably wouldn't tie directly into Agent Carter necessarily, but uh, but I'd be curious to see if, if, if something happens in this show that's going to be a tie back to you know, the purpose of getting the eight-episode season of Agent Carter that we're going to get. Oh, there's another reference to Budapest. Uh, I guess it was, I think it was Lance Hunter that said something about Budapest to uh, Agent Hartley. So I don't know if it if it happens to be the same Budapest that the Black Widow and Hawkeye were at or if it was just, you know, one of those kind of tongue-in-cheek, wink-wink, nod-nod kind of things. Right. Yeah. But I thought that was that was funny. A um, couple of things I definitely noticed right off the bat. Clearly, you know, at, they come back from the flashback. You know, they, they do the flashback. They go to commercial. They come back, and it's like Sky ziplining down. Yes. Um, and clearly she has been trained. And at some point, the characters say, oh, something since last winter. So they give yes. you the idea that it's this is like maybe a – seven, eight-month period or whatever that has passed by, maybe more. And clearly she's been trained. She's not the newbie anymore. She's not out of her element. She She's even, like, wearing the same sort of uniform as May, you know. Um, 
And the hair, you know, we joke a lot about the hair, but the hair is clearly for more of like a grown-up look or a change. You know, it's like Luke Skywalker going from the mop top to the crew cut or whatever. You know, it's like right. a grown-up, you know, a visual cue that she's grown up a bunch. Yeah, I think she's made the the transition well. I mean, we've we've kind of beat it to death on this show, and we hear you know a lot on either on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that about you know, whether it's a combination of Chloe Bennett's performance or the way Sky is written. Um, but again, I, I continue to, to, to see the improvement in that character. I, I, I feel like the writers kind of understand or maybe saw the criticism. Um, and I think making Sky a little more serious, a little bit more of a member of the, of the, of the active part of the team and not the passive part of the team, I think is helping, is going to help that. I, I think, you know, just not having her be this, you know, crazy damsel uh, that says, you know, goofy stuff and, you know, is just basically there to pull up a computer and hack into things uh, is going to do well. And so I thought I thought the stuff with, you know, her and Ward were was really well done. Um, and, I, and again, I, I just think it continues to progress. And while I did think the whole discussion about Ward, you know, attempting suicide and trying to cut his vein open with folded paper and running into the wall. Like I, I thought that was a nice touch to, to get, I guess, make you feel a little sympathetic towards the character, but I know this is going towards a redemption and I still don't know if I'm okay with it. It seemed a little forced to me. Like you could tell he's off, but I don't quite get why. Like, I, I mean, he was obviously, you know he could he could play it straight you know obviously when he first came into the team and then you know when he went back to to Garrett at the end of last season i don't know if maybe there's more to this story that they need to fill in as far as what's going on with him but it just it seemed like kind of a a a pretty a pretty sharp turn from him just kind of being ruthless and conniving to be now just kind of like a nutcase yeah like he's clearly not all there. I mean, just in the way he's talking and the way he plays coy about different things and then the whole kind of attempted suicide. And it could be another one of this is another fake out, right? I mean, maybe he's doing this to make them think that he's, you know, gone all one flew over the cuckoo's nest and he, you know, this is just another act for him. Right. And that's the only mention of Ska's father in the episode when... Ward is kind of shut down. She hits the button and like the yeah. magic glass closes and he reveals that he was about to tell her about her father or wanted to tell her about her father. Yeah. I like the I like the cage. The cage is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a little overdone at this point, but uh, I like the fact that they kinda, she just kind of made it opaque and it just looks like a wall and she just walked off. Um I like the I do like the fact that Ward is with them. Like, I like the fact that Ward isn't just in some facility somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. It kinda, it's kind of like that Hannibal Lecter. Um, and, John, you watched Nikita, so it's almost like when uh, when they had the former director of that show, like he was down in the basement in that cell, yeah. uh, Hannibal Lecter style. Kind of the same thing here. Like, keep them close, pump them for information, and just kind of dangle that carrot out in front of him that this might be his his road to redemption by helping them out. I, I did like the fact that Sky wasn't buying it, at least at this point. Like, she's holding firm in the fact that she doesn't want to be there, she doesn't want to deal with this guy, 
And she makes it very clear to him that, look, if you're not here, I'm going to talk to you about business. If you don't want to talk about business, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to walk away, and, and this is done and over with. So at least at least we're not getting the whole she's starting to feel sympathetic towards his cause. Right. And Coulson make, making the tough choices. We saw that a lot in this episode where he did things that maybe he wouldn't have done last season or, you know, as just an agent, but as director, he's – you know, he's not giving Sky a choice going down there and talking to him. You know, he's, you know, the team is kind of exposed and in danger. And he, you know, A, he put him in harm's way to begin with. And he's not afraid to, you know, for the greater good of the mission to let his team kind of flail out there. You know, basically like they knew what they were getting into. They know the risks. Uh, you know, the mission is more important than the, you know, everybody's expendable kind of thing. So. I think that's, we're we're going to see that way on Coulson as as the season goes on too. Yeah, they they've definitely made him the new Nick Fury. You sure, know, he doesn't show up as much. It's a big deal when he does show up. You know, I don't know if you noticed, sort of like oh, when yeah. he walked into the room and everybody was like, "Oh, geez, Coulson's here." You know, more of like a legend than an everyday guy. And certainly, like you said, you know, he's got to do these. You know, all business, black and white. You know, this is what needs to be done. Follow the order. You know, much more of a Nick Fury type figure, um, which is a really big change because if you remember, you know, by the end of last season, he was questioning S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, at every level. Right. And now he's gone right back to straight man, you know, even more extreme. Yeah, and it was, you know, the whole Bob's your uncle, you know, kind of thing when they were talking about the plan. Uh, he's taking his role seriously. So I wonder if, if some of this is just he's he understands the responsibility of being director of this organization that he's trying to rebuild, you know, and take it back from the ashes, and how much of this might be the effect of whatever it was that brought him back to life. Because remember, they made a big point of saying that subjects that didn't know what happened to them seemed to respond better. And so now that he knows what happened to him, I wonder if if, you know, if all that's on the table now, as far as like his personality and the way he's, he's made changes. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've thrown us enough for a loop as far as like characters acting one way and it being either for another reason or for another motive that it almost, you, you just start to kind of question everything and, you know, not take anything for granted when characters, you know, have certain motivations. Yeah. I could even see them dropping that bit. The, Colson's going crazy part. I, I don't know. It would be a big one to drop, but it feel I don't know. This show felt like it it's on such a different path yes. than last season right now that I'm not sure that they're going to pick up every thread that they left. Yeah, and that's fine. One of the things I like about shows uh, from season to season, because I think it's easy for shows to get stale where you come back to the next season and it's like just more of the same or you know, it's almost like a formula that they plug into. And I really feel like, I mean, granted, it's only one episode in, but I really feel like this is a different show. I mean, right off the bat, it starts off with uh, an expanded team. They're on a mission. Uh, you know, it's it's very hardcore. It's not a lot of prep. It's not a lot of, again, it's not very sanitary like we saw, you know, in season one, you know, they had the plane and, you know, the plane was very sanitary and they, you know, they had all their cool equipment and, you know, everybody was nice and tidy and things just seem kind of dirty and, you know, they're on the run, they're underground, uh, they're, you know, outnumbered, outgunned, that whole kind of thing. So I, I like it when shows 
make that shift so you don't feel like it's just more of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I always think about Fringe like yes. for, for a few years Fringe couldn't quite figure out what it was and then they went with the alternate reality and that was it. Then the show took off and and that's what it was about. And I'm hoping that you know we hit I'm hoping they don't go back to like we said earlier, you know, like kind of the freak of the week type deal like what do we have to steal from Hydra this week? You know, it does. It it doesn't feel that way from only the premiere, but we'll see. And that could work also. But uh, you know, you know what? Last year when they did the freak of the week, it was too like disconnected. It was. It had nothing to do with you know the overall picture. Right. Um. Now at least maybe if they do have to do those one offs, it can all be tied to something that Hydra has or something that Hydra's trying to get that they have to thwart. So what do we think of uh, Absorbing Man? What do we think of Carl Crusher Creel? I tell you, the uh, I gave the effects a hard time last season, but he, he was awesome. He looked great. Yes. Um, he did a little, uh, he was Groot for a little while. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, that was, again, uh, that effect, that effect was really well done. Yeah. And, and he got his ball and chain. It wasn't at a construction site like we figured, but. Yeah. It was a makeshift ball and chain. And it looked good. I mean, when they when he turned bronze like that or you know, whatever that was, it, it looked uh it looked legit. I mean, it looked like they just skinned over him. It didn't it didn't look disjointed. The only thing that was a little funky was the what was it? Uh, not pyrite, but it was the anthracite or whatever that was. The the diamond. The, the diamond. That looked a little funky, but that's hard to do. I mean, we even saw with like X Men First Class, when they right. had, you know, Emma Emma Frost uh, turned into Diamond, and that was with you know big time Hollywood budget, that it still looked kind of funky. So uh, you know, given given what they were trying for, I I didn't even think it looked as bad as that. To be honest with you, I think I think that looked more solid. Than, oh yeah, uh, I agree. Than what they did in that movie. And my favorite one was uh, when he was hiding in the warehouse in the basement, yes. and he was up against the wall. I I swear it's almost like he was airbrushed and not CGI at that point. Like I couldn't tell. Um, it reminded me so much of Predator when Arnold yes. is hiding up against the tree <laughs> yeah. with all the mud on him and everything. But, and then the uh, glass. Yeah, the glass was very good. That was just cool because you're trying to figure out like where'd he go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very well done. I mean, and that's something that again, you know, we've seen some cheesy effects on this show, and th- they didn't skimp on the budget. Uh, you know, when it came to to that, and that that's an easy that's an easy effect to to really get wrong. Uh, um, and I like the fact that he he didn't say I don't think he said anything. I don't think he spoke the whole show. I think when the when they contact him on the uh, Hydra Skype. <laughs> think, oh right. I think he might have answered them or said something at that point, but, but it I wasn't like he, much. It might have been a line or two. Yeah, it's like he's he's there to go in, do his thing and get out. Like you know, it's it's just like uh, I, I like that. And I like the fact that he got away. I like the fact that it, it's not going to be another situation where or you know, we think where they're just going to round these guys up and they're going to put them in a hole somewhere and move on to the next one kind of like we saw with Graviton last uh, season that Krill got away and uh, we know he's kind of got we don't know how many episodes he's he's contracted for, but we know it's more than one. So I like the fact that he's going to be kind of this recurring villain that's going to show up in the show. 
Um, and, I, and I think this is going to be a real villain. This isn't going to be like a Deathlock Mike Peterson thing where he's fighting against, you know, or he's doing it against his will. I mean, I think this is like legit. Right. Uh, but yeah, but just really well done. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I loved his uh, set of drawers with the little pieces of different. Yes. Um, you know, where he pulled the wood out to, to uh, ha, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, it's a family show. Yes, but that set of uh, it reminded me of like I don't know like a little tool set or like something where you would have like all like I don't know screws and nuts and bolts and everything mm-hmm. kept. But uh, he had all different material to turn into different things. And another cool touch was when he touched the tire to get like the rubber coating on his hand so he yes. could pick up the artifact. That was very cool. One of the things with that character, if we contrast him to the comics a little bit, I don't think, maybe in, in recent time they've done it, which I haven't read much with Absorbing Man in the last, you know, probably 15 years, to be honest with you. But back in the day, he I don't think he had the fine control. I think if he touched something, his whole body would turn that way. Like, he, you know, he couldn't just, you know, have his hand turn one substance or another. Uh, so I kind of like the fact that he is a little subjective with it, you know, that it's not just, and again, I think that helps a, with the budget and help with helps with the cheese factor, because I think that bronze thing, if they would have tried to go full bore with that, like the head and stuff would have probably been a little funky. Yeah. Um, and even like, you know, the guys going opening doors and stuff, like what's his hand going to change? Like every time he touches anything, right. you know? Right. Oh, the other one that was great was the big, the real, uh, money scene when, uh, he touch he bends down and he touches the road and he becomes like pavement yes. and then the truck flips over him. Yes. That was great. And then the fact that when they shot him in the beginning, you know, obviously his his body was metal and pieces of it kind of flaked off. It wasn't at first I thought it was just the bullet, but then when I watched it the second time they said no, the bullet where the bullet impacted a piece flaked off and uh, you know, they they had it under the microscope and then right. it turned to flesh, flesh. and blood. I, that was cool. Uh, you know, again, taking a character that's been around for, you know, at this point, probably 30, at least 30, if not 40 years, um, and you put them in a live action setting and they're able to to do something unique with them. I mean, just the fact that, you know, his reward almost is to be able to touch these different, um, to touch these different substances and, uh, you know, g- feel that experience that that's part of the experience for him. So should we uh address Fitz Simmons now? I think we should. Yeah, it was uh you know it's funny I didn't catch on and uh again I wasn't really paying attention the first time that, <laughs> the first yeah. time that I watched it but uh Jordan our our buddy our podcasting friend and host of Jersey Shore right away tweeted is she really there? <laughs> and, and I don't know. And Jordan's very uh that's the way he watches things. Like he I don't even watch movies and TV that way. Like a lot of people you'll hear say, "Oh, that was so predictable." Like nothing's predictable to me. I don't know why, you know, I don't think I'm dumb. I just don't watch things in that manner. Um, you know, shiny things and explosions and stuff catch my eye. But um yeah, Jordan picked it up right away. I did not pick up that she was not there until uh, Coulson was doing the voiceover saying when Simmons left, she thought it would be better, and it just broke him. I was like, oh. Yeah, and then they did the really cool, like, 
you know, they pulled the camera around Fitz. So she was there on one side, but then when the camera came around, you know, she wasn't there anymore. Which yeah. was a nice touch, but I did not see it coming at all. I, you know, and I'm I'm more in Jordan's camp. I tend to watch movies and be able to f- kind of figure out the ending kind of thing. Uh, I know when I was in high school, me and my buddies would go to the movies, and they would purposely try and take me to a movie that would stump me um, because they got tired of me sight unseen being able to go into a movie and like halfway through be like, oh, it's so-and-so that did it, and they'd get so pissed. But again, I think, you know, because, you know, we're live tweeting the episode and, you know, taking notes and all that other kind of stuff. I didn't notice it, but honestly, the other thing that really didn't make my brain think that way is because at the end of season one, we see Simmons come back. You know, she comes back to the group, and Fitz is still in a coma or, you know, whatever's going on with him. So I didn't even think that, you know, Simmons wasn't going to be there. Um, But, man, it was just so... I mean, the whole thing with Fitz and just, you know, how he's being affected... uh, and and then when we find out that, you know, Simmons isn't really there, it's just all in his head. And, he you know, he touches his shoulder where she's touching, you know, him and his mind. Man, that was just heartbreaking. I mean, that was just, it was so, like, poor Fitz, you know. I mean, he's just the guy can't get a break. You know, no matter what he, uh, you know, no matter what he does, he seems to get the, the short end of the stick. Yeah, and it sort of changed the whole, obviously, it changed the whole outlook of their relationship. Like, the whole time I'm going... Man, he's like kind of being a jerk to her, but he doesn't even know it because he's like right. so frustrated about not being able to get his thoughts together. And he's being really short with her and like, is he going to end up pushing her away? And then you find out he's just freaking arguing with himself, which <laughs> which is even worse. Yeah, yeah. And just the whole, uh, you, you know, he's working on this cloaking technology and then we find out, you know, at the end when they get the Quinjets that obviously have the cloaking tech uh you know where how close is he really yeah uh, not you, you know, i would think not even at all like I, it's almost I, like they were just letting him they're be in a room him. by himself and and you know see if he gets any better and they weren't even counting on him being able to get anything done yeah i think it's it's i think it adds an interesting dynamic to the show i think it 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 puts it in a darker tone uh i don't know if I can go all season with fits like this. Like I, I think at some point it just might get a little old, you know, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I definitely him, get it. Yeah. To have him just sit there and be frustrated and talking to himself and really not being able to, uh, you know, do the, do the scientific work. Like we're seeing them. I think it's, it's just going to get a little old. So I'm, I'm hoping, but yet on the, by the same token, I'll, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth here. I don't know that I want to have him find some miracle cure that's, you know, all of a sudden gonna, you know, make all that go away and then boom, he's normal and everything's fine. I'm really curious what they do with him. And, uh, you know, I wonder if, if in his quest for a cure or somebody's quest for a cure, if it doesn't go the other way, like it doesn't make him so smart that, you know, I mean, he was super genius level before that maybe something happens to where he goes so far that way that, you know, he's almost godlike in his, uh, you know, in his intelligence or something like that. I, I don't know. They, they, they just, they've got to find a way to do something with him other than what they did in this episode. For this episode, it was brilliant. I mean, it worked perfectly, and it was a really great twist and a really great reveal, and it was very heartbreaking. Um, and and I could see they could go along for a while like this, 
um, and do something. But at some point, they're going to have to resolve this one way or the other. Yeah. And Simmons will be back, I would assume. I would assume. So yeah. that I'm sure will have either, you know, it'll have some kind of great impact on his situation. Or maybe she'll come back with the magic cure, you know, like. Right. Maybe that's what she's up to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the Quinjets, they actually call them Quinjets in this episode. And I don't think they've ever, I mean, we've seen them in the Avengers. We've seen them in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But I don't think we've ever actually heard them be called Quinjets, which uh, for fans of the comics, that's that's definitely a comic term for the Avengers. Uh, you know, it's it's taken different shapes and forms and sizes over the years, but that's kind of their shuttlecraft uh their their mode of transportation for the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think unfortunately, I think Lola being gone is probably uh good. <laughs> because they were <laughs> they were never going to have the budget to make Lola look right in the air, you know. Yeah. And that was pretty risky too. I mean, Colson, the whole bit, you know, when they found you know where the where the facility was where they had all the objects and they tried to grab as much as they can but really the thing Coulson was after more so than anything was he wanted those quinjets um and and again it, that's where it kind of loops back into into fits and that you know he was hoping to build the cloaking technology for the bus and you know because they couldn't wait for it and they needed something that gave them faster transportation um but allowed them to to be under the radar they you know, he was after the Quin. He wanted the Quinjets more than anything else. Like he could care less, I think, about the 084 or about any of the other stuff. You know, he wanted the Quinjets. Right. Um, but that that was a really cool play too, because you know we kind of had multiple things going on at the same time. We had May on the motorcycle, which it sounds like in the next episode we pick up uh, with that, and we have uh, Agent Hartley who picks up the actual artifact by hand and trying to to go one-on-one with the absorbing man um, touches the artifact and it, and it slowly starts to, to kill her and she can't get rid of it. And she actually has, I guess it was Hunter cut her hand off. Uh, Yeah, that was wild. And I read or heard some interviews with Lucy Lawless and she's speaking as if the character is dead. Um, which again could be like red herring type stuff. I was not, you know, I was like, all right, she's out cold and got smacked pretty good when the truck flipped or whatever. But I, I didn't assume she's definitely dead, but you know, she went into this whole thing about how that's why comics are great because anything they write in can work. And I hope I'm back. And it might've just been like promo, no spoiler, you know, speak or whatever but i wasn't under the impression that she was definitely dead you know hunter was alive well why cut her arm off if they're just going to kill her in a car crash you know that doesn't make any sense yeah i was thinking of that too and then um you know when he picked up the artifact out of her cut off hand i was like oh maybe they needed to do that i'm like man i could have just flown out of the car without her hand being attached to it that wasn't necessary and or she could mentioned reached- robotics i don't know if yes. you caught that one yes <laughs> Yeah, she said, well, you know what they could do with these, you know, these days with robotics, which obviously, uh, you know, I'm assuming was a nod to to Tony Stark and Iron Man. So right. um, it'll be awesome to if we have Lucy Lawless back with a robotic hand. Yeah. That would be awesome. So I guess that's uh, – do you have anything else on, on, on the episodes or anything else that – oh, I have one, one – th- well, two other things. Uh, we briefly talked about Sky 
and the crazy writings. And and again, she only knows of it from Garrett, not from Coulson. So whatever Coulson's doing, wherever he's doing it, obviously he's being been able to keep it a secret. But Sky's definitely looking into that, which I thought that was a kind of a cool. Again, it was a cool scene the way it opened up with her laying on the table. And that stuff scrolling in the background, because since it was the beginning of a scene, at first I thought maybe she was dreaming or... I thought they had her, like, hooked up to something and it was yeah. reading, like, brainwaves or, you know, something like that. And it was just a cool surface table. Yeah. So, uh, so that was kind of cool. The other thing I was just thinking about was the uh, the stinger. Um, right. You know, revealing that... Uh, we know him as the Kraken. Uh, what's sure. the character's name? Daniel Whitehall. Daniel Whitehall. Um, that's the actor or the character? That's the character. Okay. The actor is um, uh, Reed Diamond. Reed Diamond. Okay, yeah. So he's still alive from uh, you know the beginning when we saw yes. him in 1945. So again, you know, uh, some sort of magic or mystical Nazi uh, cult. And he's not a confirmed character for a- Agent Carter, is he? No, I don't believe so. Not that I not that I know of. No. It would be cool if they could mirror that like if they if he was in Agent Carter and they showed him like working on something and then when Agent Carter was over, they popped out and here was the result of what he had been working on. You know, in in modern day. Something like that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that episode, I mean, that season, that series, I should say, has a an eight-episode run. And I think at this point, they're only, they're only thinking it's going to be a single season. Like, they don't have, I don't think they're setting this thing up like it's going to be multiple seasons. So, uh, I think it just depends on the ratings. Uh, I think it would be kind of funny if Agent Carter ends up having much higher ratings than agents of shield it'll be interesting to see uh which direction they decide to go for uh for next year if that's the case right um but i'm really excited about that show again it's it's right in my wheelhouse as far as you know tv and and time period and everything else right should we do some uh facebook feedback maybe yeah yeah, so I guess we got a few things we can we can talk about. So we put out a thread, uh, letting everybody know that we're recording tonight and kind of what they what they had to say. Uh, so we had a few we had a few comments that we can we can talk about. Uh, uh, Mary put a response on there said I was worried in the voiceover scene where Coulson was talking about being in the shadows. I thought over all that it was clunky, and I was about to be sad that an episode that I thought was excellent was going to end that way. But then they added the Fitzsimmons reveal and the Hydra head, and it completely redeemed itself. I loved it and can't wait for next week. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was especially uh, clunky. I wasn't, you know, every, no. of course it, you know, hits everybody differently, but I was okay with the voiceover. And then, yeah. but, but I do agree, it did hit a different gear when, uh, when they reveal about Fitzsimmons and, and the stinger was great. So it did end on a high note. Absolutely. Um, Brian said, I really love, enjoyed this episode. It was packed with characters and information, yet it never felt disorganized or like an info dump. It set up the season perfectly. I really agree. I mean, we'll get to our ratings later, but I, I hope that this is an indication of what the show is now. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but it was definitely very different. Yeah. 
Adam said, I enjoyed the episode. I will give it a four out of five stars. My only complaint is the Fitz drama. They should have killed the character in season one finale, heroic fashion, saving Simmons. Um, I can't say I agree with that. No, I, I like Fitz too much to have him killed off, but uh, yeah. I mean, that would have been a cool way to go, no doubt about it. And if we we'll, maybe we'll, we'll be wishing that they did that if they continue the brain damaged storyline for too long or beat it to death, but too early to say. Yep. So our good podcasting brother, Daryl Taylor, uh, said, overall, it was a solid episode. The tone is a lot better and the characters each got their moment. I wanted more Lucy Lawless and less and less Fitz going crazy. Uh, I think we can all agree that more Lucy Lawless is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, it it's kind of a silly to say after the fact, but when you if you when you rewatch, knowing that Fitz is talking to himself, it puts all new perspective, and and also you realize that he's not really working on anything. But he thinks right. he is, and he's yes. picking up little parts and, you know, soldering them and throwing his pills around. And if you think, if I was looking into that room and there was no Simmons there and yeah. he was doing that, you know, you realize, like, how gone he is right now. Well, and when May comes up to him and talks to him and he, you know, he argues, he says, Simmons says something and then he says something. I can't remember what the what the line was, but but they but Simmons, this, the the figment of Simmons said it, and then Fitz said it, and it was like, oh yeah, and he you could, it sounded like he was repeating what somebody else said, and you could see May just kind of looked at him like, yeah, what is going on? And that should have been the clue right off the bat, but uh, but again, hindsight is twenty twenty. And and I do want to say we we didn't touch on this. Um, I felt May had a little more life. Yeah. In her delivery, and I should say Ming-Na, you know, she was very, very straight and serious last season. And she still was, but there was a little more, like, life. Maybe a little bit more of the actress coming through in there Yeah, than just the, you know, the dire May that we got last season. And she still, you know, they had that bit with her and Coulson where she said, you know, you're in charge, but I'm I'm in charge of you. <laughs> right. Um. You know, and it's funny that she hasn't given that up. I know what I remember what it was I was going to uh, say from earlier. I like how Coulson and May have reconciled. I, I like that he's not still holding that grudge against May because I think that would have, A, gotten old real quick, and B, just doesn't sound realistic. I think once Coulson realized that he was the one that that was, he basically, he himself was responsible for keeping that whole project buried and you know the concern for anybody exposed to that needing to be kept an eye on um that he understood what may was was after and that right. that he could he could reconcile it so i'm i'm glad they're past that 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 that's not baggage going forward yeah and again, it, it should be i mean once yeah. once once ward put the bullet in those agents heads and yeah. that turn happened. Everything else really became inconsequential. Right. You know, like, this is what the show is now. It's S.H.I.E.L.D. against HYDRA. And, yep. you know, besides, you know, the bleeding of the, the dripping sky's dad, b besides that guy and the, the HYDRA situation, really nothing else. Who cares? 
you know, who cares that uh, Coulson, you know, whether he knew or he didn't know or whether he's going crazy or like it really doesn't matter anymore. And I think that that's a good way to go. I I think that's one of those things. Again, they they had enough from season one engaged. Like, what is you know, what does our audience think? What is you know, how are things trending? What does everybody think? And if that was a big deal with people, I think if people were really in tune with that, they could have made an adjustment. But I think people are just saying, look, we want to see Shield kick ass every week. That's what we want, and we want a little more connections to the bigger Marvel universe than what we got. And I think based on what we've seen so far with casting with uh you know plot what little bit of plot leaks we've had with the whole agent carter thing i think and now that they're past captain america the winter soldier which i think handcuffed them quite a bit i think it's like full steam ahead with all that stuff right um so a couple quick more uh patrick said what they did with Fitz will give the character lots to do this year it was a nice twist showing that simmons was all in his head it was good to see lucy lawless and absorbing man wasn't a fan of Sky becoming a mini May by the way she is dressing. I still don't find Chloe Bennett believable on this show. However, I decided to drop Agents of Shield. Sorry to hear that. At the end of the day, I'm not invested enough in the show to keep watching week to week. Oh. Um, you know, that surprises me after this episode because I thought yeah. it was really strong. I yeah, I agree. And I, mean, I think but, you know, I think it's like forget what again on the lines of what we just said. Forget what Sky was. You yes. know, like, this is what she is now, and it's much cooler already. Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, longtime listener Jason uh, said, do you guys have any theories as to where Simmons is? I think working on something for Fitz, that's what I'm going to stand by. As to the actual where, I mean, they don't have another base. There's no, like, Triskelion or Hub or... um. I don't know. She's hiding out somewhere working on something for Fitz. That's all I got. The only thing that that comes to mind with me and and Simmons is Colson went to London and he said he had some new recruits and he talked to, he was very vague about it but uh you know they made a big deal about him meeting face to face with people that the only way he's going to be able to recruit and tell people tell if people can be brought into the fold is by meeting them face to face. Uh, and so he made a point of saying he went to London and then, you know, things were promising. So I wonder if maybe Simmons is gone, but not quote unquote gone, that maybe, uh, you know, maybe Colson has her doing something off book. Right. Um, so we'll, 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 it'll be interesting, but yeah, I don't think she's gone and, and I don't think she's just kind of hanging out somewhere. Um, so remains to be seen. Sure. Um, other than that, I got it. We got a couple, uh, iTunes reviews. Nice. Yes. So, um, as the new season picks up, um, it would be excellent if all of you that listen, whether you listen through iTunes or not, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Um, so we got a couple reviews in, in the last uh, few weeks. Um, one's from Jimmy in Georgia said, this is another great podcast from the HHW LOD network. Always enjoy listening to the guys discuss the latest Marvels, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or the latest Marvel movie in theaters. I really enjoyed their recent two episodes about the connections between Marvel movies in Phase 1, uh, which we, we had a lot of fun with those. Ken and I, um, especially just with all the, the note-taking and the research and the watching and everything, th- those, were, those were a lot of fun. Right. Um, and then uh, we've got another one from Darth Akbar. 
Uh, it's an, another five-star review that says fans of... It's a trap, yes. Uh, fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe will love the show. They cover the movies, the shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, and all of the upcoming Netflix shows. They've also done some special episodes highlighting the connections to the larger universe found in each of the Phase 1 movies. Definitely worth subscribing. Uh, so apparently the uh, Connections episodes were pretty popular. That's yeah, good to hear. I'd, I'd imagine that they would be. There's a lot of stuff that was covered. That was uh, good, but thank you, Darth Akbar. Yes, great, yes, yes. Great name. Yes, so please uh, head on over to iTunes, uh, look up It's All Connected or HHWLOD, and you'll find all the podcasts on the network uh, within iTunes. Uh, leave us a review and a rating. That would be awesome uh, if we can we can get more. It helps the show get recognized. It helps us increase listen, listenership, which is always a good thing uh, for us. Cool. So I guess the only thing we have left, we're running a little long, uh, this evening is a little bit of spoiler and the only so um, if you don't want to hear any spoilers for upcoming episodes or casting uh, this is a little bit of both um, you can go ahead and sign off and we will uh, you could listen to us next week when yes. we discuss episode two um, but the spoiler I guess spoiler casting that I want to talk about and it's not really spoiler casting at this point it's pretty well known um, but Adrian Pilecki is going to play Bobby Morse the uh, Mockingbird, the the Avenger Mockingbird, a uh, longtime Marvel character Mockingbird. Uh, and uh, words kind of come out as to, at least in the beginning, her character is going to be head of Hydra security. Uh, and they've they've released a picture of her um, with with dark hair, which Mockingbird has uh, is a blonde in the comics. Um, and she has the red, uh, you know, the Hydra red uh you know, this kind of blood red jacket with a lot of black accents and stuff like that. Um, oh. And it, and so I guess she is in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, security, or Hydra security, rather. That's very interesting. Yeah, so whether she's a double agent, whether she um, is evil and going to take a turn, uh, we really don't know, but I'll be, I'll be curious to find out. So she's been pretty tight-lipped about... Uh, her character and what she's doing, and she hasn't even committed to how many episodes she'll be in in the season. I think, uh, I think she said is a, a few is is what she said at this point. So she's being a little closed lipped with that. So it'll be interesting to see how much of a regular she is in 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 the season. But I'm looking forward to that. That's that's another one of those kind of big Marvel characters uh, that you know people I think have been wanting to get pulled more into the show. And Mockingbird is. Um, you know, depending on the on what era of Marvel it is, has become is a really big character or a not so big character. Um, in the '80s, she was pretty pretty big and pretty important. Uh, in the last several years, not so much. Yeah, the only other clue that I have is um, in the San Diego Comic Con uh, little bonus reel with Pat Oswalt um, that they showed to people. Uh, attending, he mentions that Bobby Morse is coming, and uh, he's getting all excited and like checking out how he's dressed and everything. So, unless they really, you know, what at that point they might not have even written her parts yet or known where they were going with the character. So, my guess would be double agent that she's in Hydra, but she's really Shield. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, you never know. They might have, uh, they might have changed direction since they cut that piece. Yeah, and it definitely would fit because she's def she's more spy than superhero for sure. Very cool. 
So that's that's about it uh, for this episode of It's All Connected. John, unless you have anything else? No, um, we'll be back in probably a couple of days after this is released, and we'll put that Cap 2, Captain America Winter Soldier uh, commentary out there, and then we'll be back next week for Episode 2. Yeah, and I think at the minimum, Mr. Morgan will be back uh, to talk about that because he is in the heart of the Disney Empire at Disney World in Florida this week. And, um, you know, maybe if Mr. Milo's schedule uh, cooperates, we will have him back next week as well. That would be fun. So until then, uh, if you want, leave us voicemail at 972-798-3830. Uh, just let the, let the voicemail know that you're leaving it for It's All Connected. You can send us an email at iac at hhwlod.com. You can check out the Facebook page that we have for It's All Connected. Um, and again, like I said, leave us some iTunes reviews. We always appreciate those. Um, keep an eye on the website, hhwlod.com, where we have all the cool stuff uh, that we do, not on only this show, but all of the other shows on the network um, that post pretty regularly. So until next time, uh, you've been listening to It's All Connected. Remember to follow Talbot's mustache <laughs> for live tweeting and MCU underscore podcast. Absolutely. Well, can't forget the Twitters. Good night.